0: This is the Seattle Podcasters Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Rigdon. On this episode, I have Daryl Reese of The Reese Show. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. Is a nice, well, kind of sunny day out? Semi-sunny, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Typical Seattle weather. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so could you tell me a little bit about your show? Yeah, um, The
1: Reese Show, uh, can I can I curse on here? Can I use profanity? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Go okay. With, the Reese that. Show is uh, <laughs> formerly known as The Shit Show. Um you know, we had to change the name just so we can get onto the Spotify's and the Apple music or the iTunes and all that. But, uh, the show was just, um, born of pure creativity and expression. And I wanted to be able to take barbershop con- type conversations and, you know, conversations that you'd have via social media now in the format of a podcast, you know, someone could be as truthful as they want to be and, you know, express whatever they wanted without having to feel judged or boxed in. And I wanted it to be more of a, um, a conversational format as well. So that's kind of how we got started. And, you know, we have guests every so often. Well, I try to, I try to have a guest every week just that pertains to a different walk of life. Um, for the most part, a lot of us have the same cultural experiences. Uh, this past week, we had on uh, Ms. Shavana Bonds, who is a, a Black educator. She's a teacher. She's out of the Tacoma School District. So we just try to incorporate, you know, many different things that are important to our community. Uh, you know, but again, still have that, that realism. And, and we try not to make it too preachy. I think that's the thing. We try to have a lot of fun with it.
0: And how long have you been doing this show?
1: Show's been running since September, so I'm, I'm pretty glad that we've been able to be as consistent as we have been. Uh, you know, we've been doing a podcast a week. I think we've only missed two weeks: the week that it snowed really bad, and I think another week. I think I was traveling, so that was that's been it. But besides that, we've been able to you know hunker down and do one a week. So that's cool.
0: Yeah, congratulations. That's really hard to do.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's not easy to be consistent at all.
0: And how many episodes have you released? We are going into episode 26 this week. So 25 episodes so far. And so what kind of motivated you to do a podcast? Maybe you could do this in like uh YouTube or, but, but what was the special podcast?
1: Well, I'll just tell you kind of my journey going into podcasting. Uh, first, I I started off doing interviews with, uh, you know, local artists and some celebrities that would come to town with my boy, sermon from sermons domain. Um, his name is Sermons Domain on Twitter. If you guys want to look him up, great, great guy. Does a lot of PR for um, Visionary Music Group. He works with Logic and John Bellion and those guys. So he was doing interviews first. Um, I actually volunteered to do, inter- to like, you know, be the camera guy for him. And he was like, you know, if, if an opportunity pops up, you know, then we'll we'll do that. And his camera went down. So he brought me on board. I remember the first interview we did was g Easy at the Showbox Market. And just from there, you know, he kept bringing me along and I started branching out and doing some of the interviews, like the smaller interviews he didn't want to do. And I've always wanted to jump into journalism. So it, that turned into me doing my at-home series called Moments at Wayne Manor. Like We called our house Wayne Manor. I would have, you know, a local artist or just a local personality, you know, just different people. All my homies would, you know, come through and I would interview them. And so was doing that. And then I uh, was working with Miss um, Casey Carter from MissCaseyCarter.com. She's now at Cube 93 and I Media. She um, invited me to be a part of her podcast, um, The Glow Up. And so it was Casey and I for about a year and a half doing The Glow Up, you know, loving that. Uh, We parted ways and I was like, man, I still want to be able to do this. I can't do moments away, man, I'm not in the house anymore. I have moved. I was like, you know what? I have access to a studio. Uh, Shout out to Will Jordan out of Tacoma and Daryl Cruz and uh, a lot of those guys at their studio. They allowed me to come in and just start my podcast. And I love the conversations, you know, I was able to do some things I wasn't able to do before as far as like be able to converse with the guests, you know, and me kind of drive the, me drive the topics and build the topics and things of that nature. And so that's really where it came from. And again, just having a love for journalism, getting to know people. That's why I love doing interviews, because I love to get to know people better. And I think that it's the job of the, the journalist to be able to bring out whatever it is from that person and deliver it to an audience. So you can deliver that to
0: the people who are watching, you know? So you've been involved in a few podcasts now. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can say that. <laughs> yeah. Is it different going once you feel like you've got some experience in your belt and doing a new show?
1: Yeah. And you know, it was, um, I, I knew that there was going to be more required of me, but I knew kind of the framework of what needed to happen. You know, as far as uh, being structured, being consistent, being able to mix the guests up, you know, people that don't necessarily share the same viewpoints as you. I learned a lot. I know that when I was uh, with Casey Carter on the Glow up, she, you know, uh, spearheaded a lot of what we did. And so now that responsibility was going to be thrust upon me. So I learned from her just organizational skills, you know, how to be consistent, you know, how to get what you want out of people, not in a bad way, but just, you know, you know how to extract different things from different people you know, and and use that to your advantage. And so uh, learning a lot from her, from uh, Keith uh, Ackner, that's there as well. He records the podcast. Learning from those guys, you know, and being able to incorporate this into my own. uh, I'm very appreciative of that tutelage in itself.
0: What have been some of the biggest challenges of doing this show? Being consistent,
1: man. Um, Being consistent um, and also just having to deal with change. You know, we were uh, recording out of iHeart Media or iHeart Studios for a while. And then we couldn't do that. And I moved from Tacoma, actually, into Seattle. So we weren't recording with those guys out in Tacoma at their studio anymore. So this just kind of be creative and just try to find different ways. Like, we've been recording off of my shotgun mic and, you know, my iPod through the Rode Mic app for the past couple of episodes. And even though the sound quality is, it's okay. It's nowhere where it needs to be, though. But the most important thing for me is just being consistent. How do we stay consistent? So you got to do what you got to do, you know, to pull it together.
0: Yeah, talking for folks, it seems like that adaptability is the key to consistency.
1: Absolutely, and yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Whether it was scheduling with my co-hosts, you know, whether it was scheduling with the guests, whether it was my own schedule, you know, I was I left. Uh, we usually record on Sunday nights at seven, but I had a work trip that I had to take, so we had to. I, I left on Sunday morning at nine a.m., so we had to record on Saturday. I had to make sure I took my hard drive and everything out to Minnesota with me to make sure that I was still able to upload the podcast come Tuesday morning. You know, so yeah, just being adaptable.
0: And what have been some of the biggest rewards of doing this show so far?
1: Um, you know what? And I'll tell you this, and I haven't told a lot of people this. I, mean, I tweeted it, but um, not a lot of people know. My mom's in education. So this past episode, like I said, we had Shavana on. She's a, a, a Black teacher, Tacoma school district teaches second grade. And one of the things that got me was my mom listens to the podcast. And she was talking about a moment where she cried listening to the podcast, listening to Shavana talk about how she shields her kids from the world in a sense, but she also has to make sure that she builds them up. My mom's been in education for over 25 years. And so she said she heard that and she like shed tears listening to Shabana talk about her experiences now as a young know, black educator. And so things like that are rewarding. You know, when, when we touch on different points of view, when we touch on different topics, I, I'm very accessible to a lot of people. So people are able to reach out to me and say, hey, I love what you said about such and such. You know, I love what you said about Your daughter, I love, you know, because I'm going through that same struggle. Or we had an episode about child support where they were like, a lot of people reached out to me. Hey, man, I didn't know it was this hard, you know, or I have a friend that's going through that. I've been through that, you know, and and just those moments, just that relatability to people. Though some of those moments are amazing and very rewarding in themselves.
0: And are you running any kind of ads or doing any Patreon?
1: No, but I have to. I know that's the next step uh, is trying to monetize this whole thing. So we're on Spotify right now, we're on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud. Those don't pay the bills, obviously. Uh, So we got to get to a point where we can monetize what we're doing. Um, We have to know how to do that, though, and I think that's a bigger struggle in itself. You know, like getting people to do ads with you or promo with you, things like that. So, you know, it's all a a learning curve. You know, it's all a process. We we just have to learn it and execute.
0: And where do you host your uh, files?
1: I host everything on SoundCloud.
0: And how do you like that?
1: It's cool, actually. I love SoundCloud. Um, you know, I mean, it just costs was like sixteen bucks a month or something like that for unlimited. But what I love, what I what I always wanted was I wanted to be able to change my album or uh, album art, the cover art for the podcast every week uh, because expression is important to me, and I'm really in love with like '80s, '90s, early 2000s nostalgia when it comes to black culture. And so every single week, you'll see that we switch the cover art, and it it always pertains to uh, a conversation that we had on the podcast. It's always specific. Like this week, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie "Lean on Me" with uh, Morgan Freeman. So that movie, uh, you know, he was obviously the principal of uh, East Side High, and so we were talking to Shavana, and Joe Clark is one of the you know main figures when we talk about education as far as like pop culture and you know people refer to Joe Clark. So we had him uh, as the cover art, you know. So just able to be able to express yourself. just tying it back to SoundCloud. SoundCloud allows you to change your cover art every week. SoundCloud and Spotify. iTunes doesn't do that for whatever reason, but um, expression was very important to me. So that's why I wanted to do it based off of SoundCloud.
0: Yeah. Cover art can be really frustrating because different clients will hold on to art. That's like months and months old. Yep. I sure will. Yeah. So if you make like a spelling mistake or something, it feels like it's there forever.
1: (laughs) That would be the worst. Yeah. We make sure we, uh, I do all the cover art myself. I pick all the, Um, You know, all the art, words, the the names of the episodes, the titles, all that good stuff, uh, it's all me. So I have to make sure that I'm on point, because once it's up, it's up, you know.
0: And what kind of microphones do you use?
1: Man, we were recording out of... um, So before when we started, we were recording out of the studio um, with Will Jordan and those guys. And they had just like basic stand mics. I forgot what the name was. I think it was Bluebell. We used Bluebell mics at first. And then when we went to Cube 93, whatever they had, whatever in their million-dollar studio, (laughs) they were using... We just use those, uh, but now at the house we're struggling because we have to find a more permanent solution. Like we can't keep recording off of the road mics that we have here. You know, like this one shotgun mic to pick up four people. So I just um, placed an order with Z If anybody's looking to, you know, find some equipment, you know, that you don't have to pay for completely outright, they put us on a six um, six payment plan. I don't know the, the brand of these particular uh, mics, but. You know, Zound was, was really cool. I had a friend walking through which mics I needed.
0: And how do you record your episodes? What software are you using to record?
1: So we were using, okay, so right now I'm just using the Rode Mic app
0: um, on my iPod
1: Touch. Like that's as basic as it gets. But before that, we were using um, Adobe Audition. It's a really good program to use. Um, I know you can even use GarageBand. I think we recorded two episodes on GarageBand. Just with the, um, we had a, a MIDI controller plugged in with four mics and we were just all mic'd up you know, uh, plugged into my iMac, recording on GarageBand. It was pretty simple. You know, as as long as the sound levels are solid, you know, where they need to be, it's not too difficult, you know?
0: And do you do much editing of your episodes?
1: I try not to, uh, to be honest. I've had to do a little bit of editing, like when conversations kind of just go on for longer or, you know, maybe we get into an argument towards the end of the episode and you just want to put that out to the public, you know, but I try not to. I try to have as organic a feel as possible. I want it to feel like you're walking right into Twitter. I want it to be like if Twitter were a physical place, you literally walked right into that conversation, and that's why the format for our show is the way that it is. It comes in in the middle of us just kind of chatting and chopping it up before we jump into what the podcast that day is about. Like you literally walk into the middle of a conversation.
0: And how long does that post production take?
1: Uh, I, mean, I think the longest thing is just uh, doing the album art or the cover yeah. art. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't take long at all because I try. Like I said, I try not to edit it. I try to leave it as raw as possible. I think that that's what people love is the authenticity. So I literally just, you know, um, upload it, get the MP3, do the cover art upload it
0: straight to SoundCloud. Yeah. It just shows, I mean, some folks, you know, they will just spend hours and hours like cutting out every, um, uh, and make it try to sound perfect. But realistically, a lot of people don't even notice.
1: Yeah. I think it's something to be said for an authentic moment. You know, I try to keep all that stuff. We did an interview one time, um, with Casey Carter, when I was on The Glow Up, we did an interview with an, a local artist, and I mean like a graphic artist, and he had really bad anxiety, like really bad to where I know like we started asking him questions and he you know, like shaking, he had tears in his eyes. I get cutting that out, you know, because one, it's a really big time gap, and two, you just don't want to put, you know, portray that person in that light. But if we're just having a one-on-one conversation, I'm able to make eye contact with you, we're talking, and then you pause for, say, three to four seconds, maybe even five seconds. That's a genuine moment, you know, and people might be able to connect with you because they they see how, either how hard hitting that question was, or they see the impact that it may have had on you, and in that creating that impact, it creates an impact for someone else down the line. So I love those moments. I'll never. I'll try not to take them out unless it's something that's distracting from what we're going towards, you know, or if it's too long of we'll a break or something like that. But I, I try not to edit those moments out.
0: Yeah, because it makes people sound so artificial too. And also, I wonder if some of it's that people don't actually like like the spoken word, really. Like some of us really like the like spoken word. They like how people talk and we want to keep it. Yeah.
1: And then there's, again, a, a big theme for me is, all, is always culture. You know, like there's a cultural experience when you step into a room with a bunch of people that you don't know. You know, you're able to grasp their culture or people that you're just not being around. And here in Seattle, we have so many transplants now and there's so many transplants that listen to my podcast. They're able to pick up on the different on the different type of jargon that we have. You know, um, this just the different words that we use regionally. Uh, people are able to pick up on, you know, just like the, the drawl that we have. You know, I mean, I know when people say draw, they usually think of Southern draw, but different parts of the country, people speak differently. And it's just something that you pick up on, you know, and it's something that can be either alluring. Uh, it's rarely a turnoff. Uh, it can be enlightening. It can be eye opening. So those are the type of things that you need to feel when you're talking to someone. Like I listen to a podcast now it's based out of South Africa and obviously they have South African accents, you know, and it, it just invites me to be a part of their culture when they talk.
0: And how do you prepare for your shows? We,
1: um, so what I've started doing, uh, I think over the past 10 episodes or so, I mean, I've always like write down the topics, but I've been a little more strict on the format. So I want to get topics that can transition well into each other. And because now I have co-hosts over like the past 10 episodes uh, or like permanent co-hosts, I want to make sure that whatever their interests are, are also incorporated into uh, our talk track. So I don't want it to be one-sided where I just dictate everything, you know, obviously because you're creating an experience and there's no money involved right now, you know, so the incentive that they have is they want to be included, you know, and talk about things that are important to them. And so uh, each week, I think around Wednesday, I'll come up with a topic list and then I'll ask them for whatever, you know, one topic that they want to discuss at length based off of what it is that I've already built. And then, you know, and obviously it has to pertain to whatever our guests are, or we can just invite the guests into uh, that space. But, yeah, so I, I start pre-production on uh, the day after the podcast drops.
0: And how do you find your guests? Um, man, social media really.
1: I mean, I'm friends with a ton of people on social media, and I have friends from all different types of walks of life. So I'm friends with professional athletes. I'm friends with former athletes. I'm friends with musicians. I'm friends with uh, you know graphic artists, um, novelists. I'm friends with educators. You know, a, a lot of different people. So I, I usually just try to tap my my resources. I try not to. I think the most genuine, authentic conversations you can have are with people that you know. So I try not to go outside and, you know, sit, submit interview requests and things like that. When we have done that for the podcast, we did it the one episode and I hated it because they weren't familiar with me. I wasn't familiar with them. There's no inside jokes to have. There's no familiarity. I try not to do things like that.
0: Well, going on that, do you have any other advice for people doing interviews? Um, do your research. That's a, that's a huge
1: thing. You know, do your research. I think it's not enough to just, you know, like say you get an artist in front of you and you're kind of familiar with the catalog, but you don't want to ask the same question at another publication. Just ask them, you know, you really want to and also create an impact, you know, ask impacting questions, you know, ask something that they may not have heard. I know I learned from Sermon for a while. He would always ask like one random question at the end of of an interview. He would ask a question uh, like, you know, hey, if you were a superhero, what would be one of your superpowers, you know, or. You know, if you could describe yourself as a sandwich or, you know, what's the perfect sandwich that you would make? Something that just throws people off, but people remember, you know, so be memorable. Um, don't be corny. Be, you know, be genuine, be authentic. Uh, you know, and just live in the moment, you know, and let people talk. Let people talk. They have to be able to, you know, get whatever they have to say out because you never know which way that conversation can transition. And then one of the biggest lessons that I learned is if you're going to be interviewing people, ask a question. Just ask the fucking question. I hate when people ramble on for 60 seconds asking one (laughs) basic question. You know what I mean? I know you know what I mean. Um, (laughs) Somebody asks a question and then the the five second quip turns into this 30 second explanation of why that question and background and context and all that. It's like, ask the fucking question, God. Let them answer how they're going to
0: answer. Totally. Yeah. It's like those uh, Q&As where people get up and it's like, well, it's not a question. It's just a long comment about you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and now we're having commentary about whatever, and it's like, shut the fuck up, man! Just ask
0: the question. So, do you have any advice for people that are maybe just thinking about starting a podcast, or maybe it's, their podcast is brand new?
1: Um, don't overthink it. Uh, you got to just put stuff out there. You know, I mean, of course, there has to be some type of structure, and there has to be some type of format to what you're doing, and some type of organization. But just fucking do it, man. You got, you have to, because in the world that we live in, somebody's going to criticize you anyway. I think that's what people are afraid of is criticism. You know, if you if you have a vision just do it. You know, you're the only one that's going to stop you from doing it. Uh, Other people are going to try to tear you down and try to get you to, you know, pause or, you know, get you off the game. You just can't allow for that. You just have to do it. And not everybody's going to like your stuff. People come to me all the time, want to argue with me about, you know, different topics on the podcast or what my take was on a particular subject. And if you know me, like if you really know, you don't even have to really know me. If you just know me in any sense, you know, I don't give two fucks about what somebody else feels. You know, I feel the way that I feel. I'm going to be able to put that out. I just want to make sure that I'm respectful of whoever's receiving that message. But at the same time, man, I don't give a fuck about them people. You have to do you and make sure you stay true to your vision.
0: So important. Do you have any tips for getting to that point where you can say, you know, I just don't care about what you're saying?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, just, be- this is confidence and belief in yourself. You know, like you have to have those things. Like you're not going to exist in a world where you're constantly putting out content and you don't believe in what you're doing. You know, like, I know, I know you do this, you know, I'm doing this, but we have to believe in the product that we're building, you know, and maybe, you know, you test this out amongst some people that, you know, whose opinion you trust, but at the end of the day, if it's something that you want, you just got to go, you know, and you, you have to develop thick skin because again, there's always going to be detractors. A girl told me she didn't want to listen to my podcast because she saw on Facebook that she felt like I was too misogynistic and I was like, okay, I um, don't, what is it? I don't, I don't care, you know, cause I still have to keep pressing on. I can apologize for whatever I did before, but that's not going to stop me from continuing to develop this content, you know, and I can't let that shine me away from what it is. I can adjust and move forward and I can always learn something new, you know, but you just can't knock me off my perch like that.
0: And so how much time do you think you spend promoting this show?
1: Not enough. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, probably a couple hours a week, man. And, and like I said, it's not enough. I, I, I got to get stuff set in place. It is a little difficult, you know, working 40 hours. I have my daughter five out, uh, five days a week, you know, and we just moved. So I'm trying to get the house together. So it's like, you know, got to have these things. But that doesn't mean that I can, you know, let this slide. I still have to do, it, you know, so
0: that's what it is. Have you found any channels to be more effective than others?
1: Um. Yeah, I think that, um, okay, so we're, we're on Spotify. We're on uh, iTunes as well. And that's great to be able to say. But I know that our bread and butter is SoundCloud, because people, you know, I mean, you can obviously track your statistics very well through SoundCloud, and people are just a lot more familiar. And it seems like the type of source uh, where it's, it promotes creativity. So I know that, uh, like I said, just being able to promote the SoundCloud, I know that being able to promote through uh, Twitter as well, you know, those are those are great to have because they're a lot more interact interactive than Facebook or you know, an Instagram. So, yeah, and, you know, and with Twitter, people just share the word, you know, they spread the word fast. People sh- people are just quick
0: to retweet, boom, and share. Yeah, sometimes a little too quick. Like, once again, spelling mistakes for me, I will have a tweet that I put out there that's got a mistake. I'm like, no, <laughs> I hate that.
1: I hate when you make a tweet and you get, you know, 80 retweets and you're like, damn, I said,
0: you know, whatever,
1: you know, like, damn, I wish I could take that word out. I wish I just, you know, spelled that word wrong. Or like my big thing lately has been here. Like saying here. So I'll spell here, like I'm here, present, H-E-A-R. And I'm like, damn it, I wish, shit. And I don't even know why that's happening to me lately because I definitely know how to spell, but.
0: No, it's just, it's it's something about Twitter.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. And like in my text messages too. So I'm like, shit, I can't believe
0: I did that. And do you listen to many podcasts yourself? Uh, I do, yes, sir. Um, I try to listen to as many as possible, actually. And how do you discover your new shows? Twitter. Twitter is the biggest, I
1: mean, they say Facebook is the biggest shit, but like Twitter to me is the biggest because it's the most interactive, you know? And so I'll be on Twitter and I'll just ask for new podcasts. Like, man, you know, hey, what's, you know, anybody got podcast recommendations, you know, or people, people will say stuff like, Hey, you should listen to this, you know, or this show is similar to yours, or I like this person and they have this podcast. And so, you know, it's just as simple as that. I think it's, that's, that's the big, that's how I connected with you, you know, via, uh, via Twitter.
0: Yeah, it's funny how much money people put into advertising. But when I talk to people, everybody's using word of mouth, basically.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of us in this current climate can't really afford to pay what it takes, you know, what some people are charging. You know, like, what is it going to take to boost your posts? You know what I mean? Like, and, and, I, and I'll and break this down from a real standpoint. I have a good paying job, right? i have a really good paying job. But I also, have, like I said, I have, I'm a full-time dad. Um, you know, I have other bills and things like that. So if it comes down to like, paying this $30 on this day to boost this particular post, like, man, I may not have it. I still got to buy groceries, G. So, you know, like those things have to be kind of, not necessarily spread out, but they just have to be planned for You know, you got a budget for that type of stuff. And I think people just think, when you think about advertising, like, oh, you got the money, you know, you get paid this and, oh, oh, this fee is nothing. And it may not be that expensive, but like you couple that with all the real world costs that you have, you know, you may have to make a business decision. Am I going to have gas right now?
0: Or do I wait until Friday until I get paid to boost this post, you know? Yeah, and you don't know. Maybe that doesn't go anywhere, you know? You can put money into something and it doesn't get you anything.
1: Yeah, because then, like, what's the currency, right? Like, is the currency just follows, likes, clicks? Is it just attention? You know, or are you going to get actual followers? Are you going to be able to, like, uh, are you going to be able to monetize this somehow, you know? Like, so what is the real thing? And, and, and of course, you think about it just being an investment anyway, you know? And, and I, I was at a work conference this week and they said something that stuck out to me. They were talking about how, you know, how popular uh, Taylor Swift is or how popular um, Katy Perry is. And they were like, because they play her songs all the time, or like Post Malone. And the guy found himself singing along to the songs and he was saying familiarity breeds attraction. So the more times you're in front of somebody, you know, obviously, you know, the more attractive you become or like the more they'll, they'll tend to latch on to what you have going. And so you have to just keep investing in those posts. You know, you might spend $120 in a month if you're doing one, you know, one a week, $130 post a week, you know, but that's still $120 at the end of the month, you know, so you just have to know that you're not going to recoup that right now.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time. Where can people go to find your show?
1: Uh, You can go on Spotify, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud. It's under the Reese show. It's T-H-E space R-E-E-S-E space S-H-O-W. You can also look at my Twitter, Instagram. It's at Evil Marsupials. Uh, If you don't know how to spell marsupials, it's uh, M A R S U P I A L S, Evil Marsupials on all social networks. Uh, Yep, so you can find us. Oh, there's also the Reshow. um, Sorry, there's the Reshow Twitter and the Reshow Instagram, too. I haven't really been uh, boosting that. I probably should more. (laughs) It's tough. It's
0: tough. Thank you so much for coming on the show,
1: Jason. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you.